Hey, welcome back to Throwback Reviews. Hear that music? That is a this is a good soundtrack, man, to a, a movie that we just uh, watched recently. And so, if you haven't read the title, you just let your podcatcher play. We are discussing the 2021 film. Wait, what? 2021 film? Yes, Eight Bit Christmas. So, yes, it is not a 80s film, but it is uh, covering 80s material, right? And we we wanted to talk about it, you know? We were like, what what Christmas movie could we do? And we thought, well, you know what? Let's just do something different. So uh, that's what we'll be doing today, right? Yeah, and it takes place in the 80s. Yeah. So that's something. It's yeah, modern. It's 80s. Jumps all around a little bit. But uh, so this is... So obviously, warning, if you haven't seen the film, we'll be spoiling things, right? Uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, this is an HBO Max original or exclusive. Yeah, yeah HBO Max, which is, um, it's unfortunate because there's so many things right now. Like, uh, I just, a couple of months ago, and I think we talked about it on the show on, on uh, one of the last couple episodes, that I read a headline that said the Punky Brewster reboot was canceled and i was like punky brewster reboot like i should be the number one guy somebody should notify that was a thing but i didn't even know about it and then it said oh it was on uh, peacock plus and so there's just so many of the i mean it's splintered it's almost like the old cable days the original cable days yeah. where some people got this package you got this package you know so there's so much content out there that uh that people are just missing yeah, that's the thing. Like, I couldn't remember if this was on Netflix. I was just talking to my wife before we, uh, we were recording. We went out to dinner. And I was like, this was on Netflix? She's like, no, I think it was on, or no, it was vice versa. I said it was HBO. She goes, I think it was on Netflix. It's hard to keep track, you know? And and even this morning, like, I have a Roku TV. And on the side, it was advertising this new Tom Hanks movie where there's he's, like, with a dog. It looks, like, futuristic. He's got, like, a robot or something. Yep. And it says Apple TV exclusive. And I got to be honest, like, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it seems like that's one of the um, one of the ones that I don't I hardly ever hear anyone talk about. Like there's I think uh, there's a, a new Fraggle. Like I follow um, oh. uh, like this Fraggle thing and it's and I think it's on there. And I'm like, I'm not doing Apple TV. I actually had it for a while. I got it for free because of my phone uh, when I bought my other my new iPhone. Uh, the other year and I got it free for a year and I hardly ever used it. Well, there's so, there's so much content like, um, you know, Disney plus, I mean, you could just watch Disney plus like 24 seven for a lot or Netflix, you know? So it just comes down to how many of these different services are you going to subscribe to? And if you do subscribe to them all, number one, there's so much content. You'll never see it all. Yeah. And number two, uh, now, I mean, if you do that, now your price is back up to when you were paying for cable. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. the thing is too, like I mean, we cut the cord a long time back, but um, I had a lot of streaming things to begin with when I had cable. So it's not like I went from one big bill and then got rid of it, and then I'm back up there. Like I have, I've already been paying for all these, so I had to cut cable just because it was so expensive. And and I don't regret that decision at all. But it just seems like it's like every month, like it seems like there's a new or you know what I mean. Like every couple of months, there's a new subscription coming out peacock like you said which is the nbc um you know things so yeah there's so many of them man paramount and it's like 
you're right. It reminds me of back when we were kids and it was like, you know, everyone in your block had HBO except for that one kid had Showtime or Cinemax or, you know what I mean? And right. Yeah. So stars. It, yeah. 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 So, uh, and then there was the one kid whose dad had the Playboy channel, but. Oh yeah. So yeah. We had the, uh, we had the giant satellite in our backyard. So the good news is we had uh, everything. Like 32 Playboy channels. The bad news, they were all in Spanish. Um, but little Robbie didn't care. <laughs> Yeah. Dios um, mio. Th- th- this, oh. Yeah, this is a clean podcast, so or, or somewhat clean, except for when I had my slip ups, uh, which I did last episode. Um, well, actually, last episode, which will be next episode. So, they, if we mention something, it's it's like out of order. But yeah, well, you not, don't want to end up on Santa's naughty list. It's that time of year. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, so we, we said, Hey man, this would be kind of a fun movie to, to talk about. And, uh, that opening song was one of the, one of the songs from the movie. Great soundtrack. I guess we'll, we can get into that. Um, I'll, I'll hand it over to you if you want to give a summary or if you got something else you want to start with. Well, um, you know, first of all, this movie seemed like it came out of nowhere. Like, this seems like the type of movie that people would have been talking about for six months. You know, oh, there's going to be a a Christmas movie about Nintendo or something. But I saw a trailer, I'm sure it was after Thanksgiving. I mean, it was right before uh, December. So, uh, you know, I was surprised by that. Uh, When I saw, when I looked it up, it said this is based on a book from 2013. And we'll talk about that later on in the show. But there's a lot of differences between the movie and the book. A lot of interesting differences. And it kind of shows you what works in a book and what works in a movie and what doesn't work. You know, So there's a lot of things stripped out of the book, of course. Right. And a lot of extra things tossed into the movie to kind of bring things around uh, full circle. But one of the things that surprised me was when you look up the movie poster for this movie, 8-Bit Christmas, it says, Our Generation's... Christmas story. And so there's, they are directly comparing themselves to a Christmas story and they should, because the plot is very similar, but uh, you know, I mean, we could talk for two hours about a Christmas story and we can't do that because we've got another movie uh, to discuss here, but uh, maybe, you know, I'm sure you're a fan of a Christmas story. Is that something you guys watch every year? Is that oh, an my. annual watch for you guys? Oh my god, a Christmas story! I love a Christmas story. I, I think I might have mentioned this somewhere, but um, a Christmas story was actually the first movie that I recorded when we got a VCR for Christmas. That the year we got the year we got a Christmas or a VCR that day later, Christmas Story was on again on HBO, and the first movie I recorded. It is absolutely um, top top three Christmas movies. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's, I like it so much that it is always on my phone in audio format. So I'll listen to it every once in a while, just listen to it at work. Cause I can't watch it, rip the audio of movies. And, and that's definitely one of them. So yeah, hundred percent. It's definitely one of those movies that if I'm flipping channels, I'll stop if I see it on. And it's a movie you could pick up anywhere in the movie. I mean, if they're at the mall, if they're, you know, if he's running away from the bully, if it, whatever's going on in that movie, like, that's a good place to start watching. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, you yep. can come in at any time. So, uh, so this uh, movie, 8 Bear Christmas, is uh, all about this kid and his pursuit of wanting to get a Nintendo. And before we start, I wanted to ask you, 
Uh, if you had any story about getting your first Nintendo, or if not something that was the same amount that this kid wants his Nintendo uh, for Christmas. I mean, like, was there something as a kid that you just wanted so bad uh, that that was all you could think about when you ate, you drank, you know, all that stuff. Um, and if that wasn't the Nintendo or whatever, or if you want to talk about getting your Nintendo, either way. Well, I th- I'd have to say, I believe I got my Nintendo within the past five years, and I believe you sent it to me. Oh. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I never... <laughs> I forgot all about I, that. I, I, that was just Rob's way of being like, oh, thank me. No, um... I, yeah, I never had a Nintendo growing up. I had the Atari. We, I had gotten like the Super Nintendo uh, later on, but yeah, never had the Nintendo. Played it a few times because I had a buddy who had it. Um, but honestly, and I'm not just making this up for the show, but these two movies, A Christmas Story and this movie, it was it was a uh, Crossman 760 Pump Master BB Pelican that I wanted and wanted, and and I would have to say it was because of. A Christmas story probably that I wanted the BB gun and um, my dad played it off just like a Christmas story that it's uh, my parents were divorced and uh, my father was separated my father was living in in my grandparents basement and and uh, yeah he did Christmas down in the basement with me he had a tree and everything because he had like a little living room and there was a bar in his bed and then that was it you know and um, I remember see a lot of people talk about the Sears gift you know wish book i never really remember looking at the sears wish book we had a store called we had a store called brand names which is kind of like a service merchandise or was and so we would get a a brand names kind of wish book type thing and my i remember my dad before christmas said here just write down whatever you want i'm like whatever i want dad he's like yeah whatever you want just write it down you know it doesn't mean you're gonna get it so i mean i had a bunch of stuff on there and being that it was my dad's first christmas separated from my mom he wanted to make it a good christmas you know what i mean and uh so i and then i remember saying like dad and oh never mind what and that's when he said just write anything you want down so i wrote down the 760 crossman 760 pump master and same thing man we'd open we opened gifts in the basement and then we went upstairs to have breakfast with my grandparents and uh we were just loafing around and i can remember he goes hey there's something right there and it was behind the couch and uh I, it was like, you know, looking at it, it was like the end of the box, right? So it was maybe like two or three inches by like six inches, right? And then I pulled it out and it just kept coming out and coming out. And it was like three and a half feet long or whatever. And then I was like, oh my God, open it up. And I was like, holy crap. And oh, uh, nice, so, yeah. Nice. He pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah. I love that thing, man. <laughs> that thing was awesome. And then. No, as a. Did you get in trouble with it? Um, No, I mean, I did some. I definitely did things I shouldn't have, you know, like my cousin got the same, same gun, like a couple months later and, uh, he lived out in the country. So, you know, being stupid kids, like you'd shoot frogs and shit like that, stuff like that. But, um, what I did when I was older, I was probably, <laughs> I was probably like 21 or 22, whatever. And one, <laughs> one of my buddies, Two weeks um, ago, yes. yeah, my buddy lived in down in Buffalo in the city and he had like, there was like all these big giant old houses. So there'd be like five apartments in them, right? And his was on the very top floor. And I remember it was stupid, man. We were just like up in that window in the dark and we were <laughs> just shooting at like, there was a lamp post and we were shooting that. And uh, then 
one of us may have like shot near some people walking. I mean, it was a BB gun. And it was, it was <laughs> right. stupid. It was stupid stuff. But so, well, I, you know, as a kid, I remember the Nintendo craze, everybody wanting a Nintendo. And I had the Commodore 64 computer with a modem. And so I remember my next door neighbor got a Nintendo and I went over there and he was like, this is so much better than your computer. You know, Mario is so much better than your computer. And I was like, yeah, it kind of is. And then I went home and I downloaded <laughs> like 10 new games and I downloaded 10 new games a day for like seven years. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I had shoe boxes and piles and piles of discs. So that was always my justification uh, that uh, I didn't have a Nintendo. I was like, yeah, but I'm getting free games every day. And they would get like one game on their birthday and one right. game on Christmas, you know. But uh, I do, I did get a Nintendo from, there was this rich kid who I worked with at a fast food place. And he only was his name worked there. Be- What's that? Was his name Timmy? No, his name was uh, Troy. Oh. And uh, he only worked there because his parents were like, you have to do something. So he would go there and not do any work. <laughs> and he would be like, I hope you fire me. I don't care. I'm not doing anything. And when he got, I think it was when the Sega Genesis came out, he said, I'm getting rid of my Nintendo. And uh, so I ended up buying his Nintendo and 30 games for $100. I remember it was, and it came with the little, the Nintendo carrying thing, you know? Oh, okay. And all I did with it was I hooked it up next to my Commodore and I had this little splitter so they would both go to the same monitor. So, you know, downloading games took a long time back then. So I would start a game downloading and then I would flip over and turn on the Nintendo and I would play Nintendo games uh, because you couldn't multitask on your computer. It could only do one thing, yeah. you know, uh, which was steal software. And so then I, when I was done playing, then I would flip back over and it would be done. Uh, so that was all all I ever really ever did with the Nintendo. We like to use the term borrow. I was... Uh, uh, pilfer, I think, was uh, <laughs> my thing. So, well, uh, this movie at the very beginning, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, takes place in the late 1980s, is what he says. Uh, it is about a kid named Jake Doyle, who's a 10 year old boy. He's living in Chicago. And more than anything, he wants a Red Rider, be- uh, I mean, a Nintendo for mm-hmm. Christmas. And both of his parents tell him no. And so the movie is really about him coming up with all these schemes to guarantee that he will have a Nintendo under his Christmas tree in the Christmas morning of the late 1980s. Uh, Now, the whole story, the main part of the movie is told as a flashback. So there's a beginning and end bookends that take place in modern times. So uh, it's a little bit like A Princess Bride, I think, you know, where it opens and Mm -hmm. and he says, uh, like when the old man is is uh, telling the kid uh, the story. So it's kind of like that. And uh, and then it's a lot like A Christmas Story. It really uh, follows that. You got anything you want to punch in on that before we start moving forward? Yeah. You know, my wife mentioned The Princess Bride, which I was like, yeah, okay. But it really reminded me of A Christmas Story, obviously. And, and I didn't really even look at the, the poster for it where they say, yeah. So that's, you know, that's good. Um, but today I was thinking about it, it kind of in, in it has actually an actor that was in this movie, but it reminds me more of a Christmas modern Christmas story meets uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, you know, and it has the mm, father from mm-hmm. from a diary from a wimpy kid is is in this movie as well. But, yeah, it, it reminded me of those two kind of merged together. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I'll give you that. Is it? Is it too? Uh, is it too early to just say like, spoiler? Like, I really enjoyed this movie. I can't hold it back uh, anymore. <laughs> you could say that. I will say spoiler. I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. Maybe. I, there are things I liked about the movie, and there's some things that I that I had such trouble with that it was hard to hard to let go. Okay. For well, um, so. well, we can get to those after, and we'll see if they were like. Um, well, we'll talk about them after because I have question of, of why you would give it a six. I think I might know why, but I could be wrong. So we'll, we'll wait till we get to that point. We want to talk about that. All right. So uh, the uh, screenplay and the original book was written by a guy named Kevin Jacobowski, who has worked on some TV shows and stuff. But this is his first big uh, motion picture. And that was his uh, first big novel, I believe. So. Um, it stars uh, as the adult version of Jake Doyle at the beginning of the end, Neil Patrick Harris, Mr. Doogie Hauser himself. Uh, then we have, uh, when we go into the flashback mode, uh, which is the majority of the movie when Jake Doyle's played by a kid, we've got his dad, John Doyle, who's played by Steve Zahn. I did not recognize him. I looked on IMDb. He's been in a hundred, you know, bit parts in movies. And then like you said, uh, my daughter immediately was like, oh, that's the dad from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So she knew uh, immediately who he was. Uh, the mom, Kathy Doyle, is June Diane Raffi or Raphael. And uh, she is married to, um, gosh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, but uh, Paul Sh- Paul Shear, the, he's a comedian and an actor. And she is on the podcast, How Did This Get Made? with Paul Shear and um, Jason Manzoukas. So the three of them do a, a podcast. So I definitely, I, I knew her immediately. She she looked very familiar, but I, I I couldn't tell from where. She's been on a bunch of, like Comedy Central kind of shows and stuff oh, like that. Right. She's been on a ton of stuff. Um, and the only other person that really jumped out at me was the uh, dealer who we'll talk about later, who was David Cross. Yes. David Cross is a... Uh, uh, you know, the Bob, what was it? Bob and Doug. Is that the, yeah. the show? He's been in. I love, I love him. I so love many things. Yeah. You know, but he is that guy. He has that feel of that one friend who you just didn't trust. Like you didn't trust him. I don't, like, yeah. You didn't trust him. I don't him think wrong. you probably should trust yeah. David Cross in real life. Oh, really? I, I don't know. <laughs> he but just, he, you're right. He, he has that, um, uh, one of my favorite roles of his is the, uh, uh, I think it was Dwayne, the guy that was in the wheelchair in um, Scary Movie 2 when they were all in the haunted house. And um, he was like the creep, creepy kind of assistant, you know, to, um, oh, uh, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. But yeah, uh, I mean, David, I, I let, and then I remember listening to him do a whole stand-up thing about where he was justifying him being in the Chipmunks movies. And he was like, yeah, I totally did that for the money. I hate those movies. Like they, they were trying to get him to do PR, and he was like, "No, I hate these movies. I won't talk about these movies." So. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's definitely. I, I whenever I see him, I, I enjoy him. He's funny. He just, I just go, man, if this he seems like that guy, like you, you know, you don't want to be like, hey, uh, I'm gonna go get a beer and you leave me your girlfriend with him, like, like he's gonna yeah. be schmoozing on her or something, like one of those sure. guys, you know. So uh, the, the movie begins in the present time. We've got Jake Doyle again. That's um, uh, Doogie Hauser, And he is uh, walking down the streets of Chicago with his daughter, Annie. And Annie's talking about how much she wants a cell phone for Christmas. 
and Jake is like, you know, you're not, you're not getting a phone, you know, it's not going to happen. And then while they're walking, he slips on this sheet of ice, which is a callback because that, that same sheet of ice comes back, uh, later in the movie. Uh, but they are on their way to Jake's mom's house. So that would be Annie's grandmother. And when they get there, no one else is there yet. Annie says, what are we supposed to do? And Jake says, oh, I got this idea. And so he goes to his childhood uh, bedroom and he pulls out his old Nintendo. And he says, believe it or not, I wanted this more than you want an iPhone. And the kid's like, no way. And he goes, oh, yeah. And, and then he says, let me tell you the story. And then you get the Wayne's World. Doodle -doo, doodle -doo. Mm -hmm. And then we start going towards the flashback. Uh, and this is where he begins, and he says, the year was 1987, and then he says, well, maybe it was this, and then the girl cuts him off and says, does it really matter? And he says, you know, I guess not. This took place in the late 1980s. Now, my question to you is, in a movie like this, it, does it matter to you as a viewer any sort of historical accuracy as far as the year and what year this is supposed to take place in. Because uh, I can tell you the whole movie is, is wrong. Right. Well, didn't didn't the Nintendo come out in 85? Was it 85 that it came out? Nintendo came out in 1985, and in the U.S. it came out in February. And this is a Christmas movie. So, so they've... It, yeah, it's a, so, it's, so it's like talking more than a year later of its release, but they're making it seem as though um, it's new, right? It's right. And then, uh, as we will jump forward, but one of the kids uh, starts talking about the Nintendo Power Glove. The Nintendo Power Glove came out in 1989. So, I mean, that pushes the movie to 1989, but as we're going to find out, uh, Jake's little sister, all she wants for Christmas is a Cabbage Patch. And there's a lot of talk about wanting Cabbage Patches and you can't buy a Cabbage Patch. And that happened in 1983. So these things, it's like someone just decided that the 1980s were one day. Like everything in the 80s happened on yeah. one single day and you can throw it all in. And I mean, I'm not a historian on this stuff, but when I, when you go, oh, the Nintendo, the Power Glove and Cabbage Patch, I go, that wasn't the same year. It's more than five years apart, you know? So there's a lot of things in this movie. And so they, they try to get around it. They try to cheat. And, and he cheats by saying, well, it doesn't really matter what year it is. And it reminds me of the Goldbergs where they go, well, it doesn't matter. It's just 80-ish yeah. kind of thing. And I think if you're a certain kind of person, it doesn't bother you. And if you're a certain person like me, it, it every single thing, they you know, when they drive the car, I go, that car wasn't out in 85. That car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just takes me out of it. Yeah. So I think this comes down to, comes back to when you said six out of 10. And I had my reasons of thinking of what, what were your reasons for the six out of 10? And this was what I figured it was. So it doesn't bother me uh, because I didn't have the Nintendo. So I, I don't know exactly when the power glove came out and, and stuff like that. And, you know, as far as the cars, if it doesn't really, I wasn't really paying attention that much, but no, because I think, um, with the power glove, it played so well into the character that gets the power glove. It kind of, you know what I mean? It chopped them down a few pegs. So it played well. And it's like, well, are you going to make this span over, you know, two couple years or can we just throw it in together? And you know what I mean? So it didn't bother me that way. I think you're right. I mean, I think you're right. I think from if you're writing a story, it's better to throw all that stuff in. It's just when you're a nostalgic person and you go, well, that didn't happen then. That did, you know what I mean? That's the part that 
above me. So I do. I I agree with you. To like it more, you got to let that stuff go. Yeah. Well, I think you need to be a nostalgic person and not a nostalgic snob. That's. I mean, I'm just pointing. You know, I'm just saying. Like maybe I'm nostalgic and you're. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I. You know, I'm sure with other things I could be more. You know, particular about it, but um, like I said, because I didn't have the Nintendo myself until you sent it to me. It 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 didn't matter to me. I, I just thought I it was you. fun. And and like I said, I liked how the power glove comes into play. It was funny. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all tied into this character. So as uh, we, we start going into Jake's world and we start meeting his friends, he talks about his friend, Mikey, uh, who he describes and it kind of gives like a one or two sentence uh, description about each kid. And Mikey is the kid that was allowed to watch R rated movies. Now I will tell you in the book, that's not how he's described. He's described as the kid who's into playing army all the time, uh, which was interesting because both of those things kind of tie into what he does later on in the movie, you yeah. know, but, uh, but you know, just throwing this out. Did you know a kid? Like, I guess like either of those kids, I guess. I mean, I think a lot of these are kind of stereotypes. Like, like when I think about that, I like, I remember there was a kid in fourth grade that always came and he always had dog tags. And I was like, what are those? Like, I don't even know what those are, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was definitely that kid that loved war, playing war and stuff like that. Oh, so you were that kid. You know, when I was younger, I I would wear camouflage pants and I had, I had, camouflage uh walkie talk plastic walkie talkies so you know <laughs> nice but uh, so yeah you know it was me can i i, yeah. I want to i just want to go back a few steps here mm. when he tells his daughter the, the story and he puts in the the uh, paper boy game i yeah. absolutely love that transition to him as a young boy Blows on the, on the cartridge yeah well yeah like like that um I like I like I said didn't have one, so I didn't get into that that whole thing um, until you sent me one, and then I was like, <laughs> you know, and my kids are like, what are you doing? I'm like, and it was kind of like the same thing as Neil Patrick Harris. Like, well, that's what you do. Like, you just got to do right. it because I knew that, right. you know. But no, that just that the visual transition from the game. Oh yeah, yeah. Like to him actually riding his yeah, bike. And yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. And then she's like, what was it? I think she said like, was it this kind of bike? And then she's like, did you wear a helmet? Yeah, wear a helmet. Was it green? And then it, boop, it changes. Like, I just love those <laughs> those things. That is, you know, I remember. I mean, I'm sure like when my kids uh, uh, got those hoverboards. Remember those several yeah. years ago? Yeah. And I was like, man, you got to wear a helmet. That thing's dangerous. And they're like, I bet you didn't wear a helmet. And I was like, I wore a helmet every day of my. I even wore a helmet when I didn't ride a bike. I was so careful. And then you flash back to in my head and there is me and my friends jumping out of a tree, doing flips onto an old mattress, you know, yeah, <laughs> with no helmet. I promise you like there was, I never knew anybody that owned a helmet, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. But, but then when you tell your kids, there's a little bit of revisionist stuff that, that uh, oh, goes course. on, you know, of course. Yeah. Speaking of little white lies, uh, another one of his friends is Jeff Farmer. Uh, who is the group's pathological liar. And he always shows up and he's like, well, sorry, I was late. I was on the phone with Bon Jovi, you know, and he has all these little things like that. I got to tell you, in um, uh, seventh, uh, maybe eighth grade, we met a kid at school that had a Commodore computer and me and my friends all have Commodore computers. And I remember he would just tell us the most goofy stories. And the one that I remember, and I've retold this, I think, is 
he came to school one time and was uh, adamant that he had got a arcade perfect version of Dragon's Lair for the Commodore 64. And we were like, it won't, there's no way you can put all that. And he goes, it's on a hundred discs. And we were like, I mean, I just remember thinking the logistic, like a hundred discs, like it costs, you know, $200 just in floppies to like, that doesn't even make any sense. And you're going to swap discs every 30 seconds or, you know, like it's just a stupid lie, but he was always, always telling those kind of stories. I'm sure you know, a kid like that too. Um, be honest, like, I mean, yeah, I think every kid stretches the truth a bit, but to tell those big elaborate, elaborate stories, I don't really remember someone specific specifically, but I do as an adult, I had a friend like that where I was just like, Oh my God, in my head, I'm going, <laughs> yeah. and my wife and I would be like, you know, afterwards being like, can you believe the story he just told? Like these crazy, insane stories. And I think it's worse as an adult because then as a kid, you're just like, you would call it out like they did. Right. But as an adult, yeah. you know, it's like you're friends with them or whatever. And you're just like, you don't want to get into an embarrassing argument, but you're just like, Oh, yeah. Oh, really? oh yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, when you're a kid, it's like everything <laughs> resets every five minutes, you know, yeah. you're like, Oh, you're a jerk. And then five minutes later, you want to come play Nintendo, you know, yeah. <laughs> you just get over it, you know, but as yeah. an adult, yeah, you go. Oh. Uh, and then two of his friends are twins, uh, Tammy and Teddy. They are uh, fraternal twins. Uh, I, there was no twins like in my circle of friends. Like I never really hung out with twins. I know that I've known over like in my life, like two or three pairs of twins and none of them, they've all been bad news. Like I'm sure there are good <laughs> twins out there, but like, like I graduated with a pair of twins. Uh, and it was, uh, like one of them liked to start fights and the other one liked to jump in. So, I mean, you, you just knew like you got, they were just a, a a tag team, like, you know, you don't want to start in it because one's going to be, uh, you know, on yeah. your case. And actually, someone sent me a link one time to a news article that said, um, uh, like, 10 years ago or something, one of them uh, was involved in a drive-by shooting, uh, and then it said the other one was driving the car. I thought, that that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> They're just, um, they were trouble. Yeah. So, I knew, I knew I a know. few sets of twins growing up, and they always seemed to be, um, they, they, it's like they wanted their own identity to a degree. Like they were friends like and everything and we'd hang out together, but there was still like a sense of um, your own identity. I think they, they kind of went for, you know? Okay. Yeah. And then uh, they weren't shooting. And then anybody. we, uh, yeah, right. and then um, the other one was uh, Josh Jagorski. Who's Loved the, uh, he, he's the bully. He's <laughs> um, uh, they have a whole scene about them playing, uh, King of the Mountain up on a big snow pile. I think you told me the other day that you guys used to play that when you were kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's funny, too, because I was at the barber yesterday and we were talking about this. Like, you know, he was watching some Christmas movie where there was no snow. I, I don't know if it was supposed to be like out in Southern California or Hawaii or something. And to me, it's like, you know, I live in Buffalo, right, which is known for its snow and weather and everything so it's like i mean there's times where we don't have snow on christmas but it's like there might be old snow or something but for the most part it's winter you have snow right once it starts and for me to think of these you know areas that wouldn't have it it just would seem weird on the other end watching a movie with all this snow and not having it so to, oh i could see that yeah so i'm assuming down in oklahoma you don't get as much snow as we do so i'm, I'm assuming you don't you didn't play king of the mountain with snow like i love i love that that kind of stuff when we were kids 
I, I don't know if it's climate change. I don't know if it's just cycles and the weather. I'm not an expert, but I could tell you as a kid, we had snow like almost every year for Christmas. And nowadays it's like if we get snow once every three or four years, it's yeah. like that. So it's, it's definitely got warmer down here, you know, as a kid. Yeah. We totally had snowball fights and, and, um, you know, we, we played um, King of the Mountain and then, uh, you know, but it was Oklahoma. Sometimes we played King of the Dirt Hill too. Like yeah. <laughs> that was pretty popular, but, um, but yeah, he, he's the ongoing bully that appears throughout the movie. And then we have the rich kid in town, Timmy Keen. And Timmy Keen is the kid who has the Nintendo. And so he does this thing where kids show up outside his house and he picks 10 lucky kids to come in and play Nintendo. Although really they mostly come in and get to watch him mm -hmm. uh, play Nintendo. It's you know, all power trip for off. Timmy. It's, yes. all, it's just a yeah. big, big so, power trip. My two questions were one, um, did you have a kid like that? And number two, were you ever a kid like that? Because I've got answers for both. <laughs> uh, I was never a kid like that um, just because I, <laughs> I wasn't the rich kid with all the stuff. So no. And uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember a kid. I mean, yeah, there wasn't a Maybe kid Maybe not like... the rich kid, but was there ever a kid like that you were friends with or something just to play with something they had? Oh, absolutely. Or something. I, I, yeah. think, I think, yeah, like growing up, there was, you know, I've talked about them before on this show numerous times, the grandkids across the street, and, and they would have, it was always, it was like Star Wars figures usually, like they'd have certain ones that you didn't have, you know? So that was, it was fun, but you wanted to play with them more, but they weren't yours, you know? Yeah. But I don't remember a, a kid that on this big of a power trip that would uh, that would do. Yeah, this. this kid was something else. Now, I there was a kid around the block from me that I was not friends with, and he was the first kid who had Pac Man on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and I remember him doing a thing where he would, uh, like, you could, if you stood on his front porch, you could see the TV in the living room, and I really wasn't friends with this kid. And I remember going over there one time. And I could see them inside playing Pac-Man from the door. And I was like, well, if I just open the door and sneak in, maybe nobody will notice. And they all yelled at me. They're like, you don't walk in someone's house and yelling at me. And I went home like with my tail between my legs, you know, but um, so I, I don't think that I ever was that kid. I certainly wasn't like the kid in this movie, but I do remember there was one kid in my neighborhood who was really popular and it was almost like kids would have a bidding war to get that kid to come to your house, you know? So like, he would be like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do today. And then one kid was like, well, I got a pool. If you come to my house, you could swim. And I'd be like, well, I got the computer. I got all these games. If you come to my house, we can play computer games. And someone else would say, you know, and it was like trying to get the popular guy. And I, there was a lot of times where he came to my house and play. And then while we were there, I was like, I don't like this guy, but it didn't matter. <laughs> it wasn't about liking him. It was just about getting that guy to come into your house. There's so, a status um, symbol no, for you. Yeah. But nobody ever brought me uh, my dad's limited edition sausage or whatever. Uh, uh, you know, kids in this uh, movie, they, they bring gifts uh, to get inside to, because uh, he, Timmy Keen also becomes the first kid to have the Nintendo power glove. Yeah. And he, you know, basically says, now you got to bring me gifts. And so one kid brings, uh, I mean, moon rocks is just a weird thing. One kid brings his pet goldfish. <laughs> He's like, Hey, take my goldfish, you know? So, so they're all bidding to get in. Um, so they do eventually, uh, get in. And, um, 
what happens is he he shows off the power glove, and this is kind of uh, historic looking back. But the power glove was really a, a terrible peripheral. It was really awful. Um, uh, I think there are only two games on the Nintendo that really support the power glove. Uh, I mean, it was just not a, you know, it was one of those things that was just built up to be such a huge thing, and it was a big letdown. And, of course, this kid finds out in front of all these kids that he's trying to impress, and he ends up getting a a whooped at this uh, fighting game that uh, doesn't appear to be a real Nintendo game. It's something that they've they've made for the movie. It's it's weird. uh, For a movie about Nintendo, there's not that many Nintendo games featured in in the movie. I think we get Rampage, we get um, Paperboy... Uh, Do you think that was a, a licensing thing by Nintendo where they're like, yeah, no Mario? I, I mean, it's weird because that's the game you would think right. of. Like, But maybe, you know, I mean, they they have to own Mario, so I don't know why they wouldn't do that. But, yeah. Um, and so uh, the kid loses a fighting game to the, the girl who, who beats him, and he gets so mad that he does this flying karate kick. He goes flying all the way across the living room and kicks the television he breaks the screen on a 42-inch CRT television, which, by the way, nobody owned a 42-inch CRT television in the 80s, but I'm I'm letting it go. I'm well, getting these but, things. but, I mean, this kid was loaded. I mean, I mean, th- so th- we get two scenes at that house, right? We get the, the original scene just to let kids come in and, and play the Nintendo with him, right? But and, and he does that thing, too, which I can remember people doing, like, winter stays. So like we're not taking right. they're not we're not taking turns. I'm playing first, and the winner stays up here, type of thing. And right. he's got the inter- and he's playing duck hunt for two inches from the TV, well, so he's never gonna lose. Yeah, right? did you notice <laughs> that you hear the gun hit the glass of the CRT at one point? I did. Yeah, I, lo- I yeah. love that detail. That was awesome, right? Because I mean, we all know like yeah, you could have a Nintendo now with with the with the gun, but if you have a new TV, it's just not gonna work. Right. So I like that little detail. Um, and so then, yeah, then we get another scene. So, and and the main uh, the main kid gets in the first time, uh, legally, mm-hmm. we'll say, right? Uh, and then he has to sneak in with the power glove because he has the, his dad's uh, summer sausage, and he follows the dog or whatever, and goes in the dog door. <laughs> right. But um, I I don't know, man. I like I just I love the scene. He's a total jerk. The intercom where she's like. Uh, you guys want pop tarts? And he's like, how many guys, how many want pop tarts? And was like, well, maybe me. And he's like, she's like, well, how many need? And he's like one. And then he just like snickers, <laughs> snickers at him, you know, but yep. remember like, like the ghetto blaster, the boom box that he has is huge at mom. Yeah. The boom box is a good touch. Yes. And yeah, I like cool. how it, it's, you know, how you can see he's so spoiled because with the power glove scene, like that's how he comes out and all the kids are in the front lawn waiting and chanting, you know, I think they're chanting power glove or whatever. And there's, <laughs> there's a coach from school out there and like, she comes out with a boom box. <laughs> he brings cash, right? Yeah. Untraceable. <laughs> and she puts the boom box and looks at him in the door and she's like, says, I fear she says, but basically like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, play it, hit play. And then it's like, I want to be a hero. And he comes out. Yeah, I need a hidden. hero. Yeah, yeah I, lo- I just love that scene. It was great. And the way the kids reacted, like their screaming and excitement looked so genuine. I just, I thought it was awesome. They were just over the top. Yeah, they were, they were through. I mean, it was like a concert. You know what I mean? Like, like the yes. guys come out, he thrust the power glove into the, into the air and they, they lose their minds. But, but every, uh, everything turns when you get to what you were about to do before I interrupt you. I'm sorry with the broken TV. 
Oh, well, so the TV, uh, yeah, it not only breaks, but it falls off the uh, TV stand and lands on the <laughs> beloved family pet dog, which is a funny moment. So I, these, uh, I, I thought, kick dog, right? yeah, it's ugly as, as all get out. But I, <laughs> I was thinking, because then it cuts back, right? So Neil Patrick Harris is telling his daughter this whole story, right? Just so she can use his phone to text because he won't allow her to have the phone, right? Which is kind of funny. It's like his parents wouldn't let him have the Nintendo. He won't let her have a cell phone, but she communicates with her friends through his cell phone. So she's listening to this whole story just to be able to use the phone and text her friend, right? And when he says the dog died, it cuts to them, and she's like, did it really die? And he's like, it's, it's the 80s, you know? Stuff got crazy or whatever. And, That's what he said. Yes, and yeah. it's, I, you know, like my, I don't think my kids, I don't think either of my kids have ever been in a fist fight, you know? And then I think, like, when I grew up, like, I was in a lot of fist fights. Like, not, uh, and I was not the starter of those fist fights, you know. But there are so many things, like, in the 80s, like, stuff just, I remember um, uh, a guy coming to, to school one time, and there was supposed to be a fight after school, and then he showed me he had a gun. Jeez. And he was like, he goes, you know, if if they try to jump me or it's not a fair fight, I'm ready. And I was like, okay. And I didn't tell a teacher or anything. I mean, you do that now, like everybody's going to jail. The teacher's going to jail. The kid's going to jail. You know what I mean? Like it is a huge deal in the 80s. I mean, I'm not saying every kid I ever met had a gun, but I'm like, I did see a gun, a kid bring a gun to school. You know, like, and in Oklahoma, all the pickups out in the parking lot had hunting rifles in the back window, which I'm guessing they don't do now, you know? So it, the 80s were a different time. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny, and and I oh yeah, but I thought he I thought he was just saying oh you know, I don't know I thought he was just covering I forget what I was saying, <laughs> I lost my track because later on in the movie they say that the dog didn't die, that he yeah was just, like, yeah paralyzed. so I wondered if the dog didn't really die or if that was just yeah that's uh, what I'm saying like if he turned it for his daughter or whatever yeah he was just kind of lightening it up yeah, it, yeah. it's not and I don't remember. Well, and it's hard to tell because he's telling the story. So whatever he says is the story, right? Yeah. So, so you know, we don't really know. Um, so this kind of starts this uh, trend in the town where people, uh, the kid's dad, and we'll talk about this more uh, later on, this comes into play. But basically, all the parents in town are like, yeah, bad stuff happens when you play video games. So now all the parents are turning against Nintendo. They're saying, you shouldn't be playing video games. I don't want you to go into that kids house anymore and playing video games and stuff uh so so that kind of starts this movement um now there's a whole scene and this is unrelated to that but at this time uh jake gets this pair of winter boots mm. his mom buys these boots they are uh esprit uh brand they are purple which means cool right right <laughs> she said he says that they'd be cool um do you have any like embarrassing clothing memories like this? And uh, you know he does explain this in the, when he's telling his daughter she doesn't really understand. And I do like this part where uh, he goes, "Well, they were girls' boots," and she goes, "Well, they only fit girls." And he's like, "No, they were purple." And she goes, "So?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know what? It was a time where people weren't as understanding, and that is totally true. Like I feel like um, I don't have any. You know what? I don't have any." purple shoes and it's weird that i had to stop and think to think if i have purple shoes but i have high tops that are red and blue and 
And uh, I've got shoes that were made after the video game 720 that are orange and yellow and checkered and stuff like you know. So I mean, I've got crazy shoes. So I mean, if I had purple shoes, I, I just don't feel like it would be a huge deal. In the 80s, you're getting your butt kicked on the bus, which I mean, he does get some grief. But anyway, yeah, did you have embarrassing clothing moments like this? Um, uh, no, no. But I remember I had like uh, I think I had a pink pair of Converse high tops and a. And like, yeah, I did too. And like did a yellow really? pair, yeah. And then like I would swap them, like wear one on left, one on right, and mix them up and whatever. <laughs> so I mean, I do. I have an embarrassing story that from when I was a kid, and it involves my clothes to a degree. So um, I will share this on here. I uh, we were playing baseball in the summer, right? It was with the local, I think the the local boys club, and uh, I remember my mom had some fam, some friends up. Her girlfriend was up with her kids for a week or so, whatever, and we had to play ball. And I was, like, out in the outfield. Like, I I sucked, you know. Like, I didn't really want to play. And uh, I remember I peed my pants. (laughs) 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 So so I thought that I could cover it up if I took dirt and just rubbed it all over my my pants. And I remember they were corduroys, too. So it wasn't like it was just like a fancy league where you had a uniform. Like It was just like you got a T-shirt that said, you know, Yankees, I think, or something. And I just remember I peed my pants and I rubbed dirt all over it, and it just (laughs) made made like a worse. Oh, it was horrible. It was freaking horrible, man. (laughs) So that's, that's my embarrassing story moment. From when I was a kid, I, uh, I, you know what? I did pee my pants one time. I have one memory of peeing my pants, and I was a little, I was like five years old. I wasn't playing baseball. Jesus. Um, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was like, like eight, if, if that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. This is like a high school league. Um, I was a little tiny kid, and my mom and grandma had gone, we were in a TGY. And they'd gone somewhere else, and I went to the toys, and then all of a sudden I was like, I gotta pee, I gotta pee so bad, and I was like doing that kid thing. I remember holding myself and crossing my legs and trying to run through that store, and I saw my mom up up ahead, and I went and I grabbed, and I was like, mommy, 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 and then this lady turned around and she goes, I'm sorry, little boy, but I'm not your mommy, and I looked up and it was not my mom, and then I was like. Uh oh! And then I just felt my leg get all warm. <laughs> so not only did I grab some weird lady that wasn't my mother, but then I peed all down my leg. Oh. Pgmy. <laughs> <clears throat> That's an O for two story. So oh. what are you gonna do? So um, or Jake. Now Jake can't uh, play Nintendo at the rich kid's house. Um, and his parents have said he's not getting a Nintendo and the parents are against Nintendo. So Jake has to take control of his own destiny to get a Nintendo and fortune falls in his lap with, uh, the farmer kid. He shows up with this flyer and, uh, in the book, this is all Cub Scouts. It's all Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts. And it's very obviously in the movie, they talk about the Pinewood Derby and stuff. So it's Cub Scouts, but they don't like, it's something else. I forgot what it is, but they're wearing green instead of blue or whatever. But, um, uh, I'm just going to call it Cub Scouts. But anyway, the Cub Scouts are having a uh, uh, a contest. Whoever could sell the most Christmas wreaths uh, will win a prize, and the first place prize is a Nintendo, complete Nintendo system. Uh, now, I think I've told this story before on Throwback Reviews. Uh, I've never heard of selling wreaths, but when I was a kid, our elementary school always had contest where you uh had to sell something you know 
And uh, I'll just tell this quickly because I know I've told it before, but uh, our thing was cheese. Those big things of cheese that were like, I think it was cheddar cheese, but it was in red wax and it looked almost like a log kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And you, it showed us all the prizes and there was like a big weeble, like a giant, like a weeble, like the size of a, uh, a basketball, like one of those, you know? And then the grand prize, if you sold X amount, like a hundred things was a monkey puppet. And it was, uh, they showed it to us and I had seen, uh, a star Wars parody where they used one of those same monkey puppets for Chewbacca. And I was like, I'm totally getting that. And so you signed up beforehand. You're like, how many boxes of cheese do you want? And I was like, all the cheese. I, I literally checked a thing that said, I want a hundred things of cheese. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, okay. And then they call my dad and they're like, you're going to have to bring your truck up here because we got a hundred boxes or not a hundred, but I'm not boxes, but a hundred logs of cheese that your kid said he could sell. My dad was so pissed. And, um, I was like, I mean, I went door to door, all this stuff. And I sold like three things of cheese. I mean, <laughs> it's, and so my dad had to like take him to work and beg people to buy cheese oh. and all that. He was so mad. And at the end, I got that puppet, and it was white. It wasn't the brown one, like Chewbacca. It was all white. And I was like, God. And the next year, they came back, and they were selling cheese again. And they were like, if you do 100 things, you get the brown monkey puppet. And I put down 100 again. I was like, oh, I'm totally doing it again. You know, you could <laughs> you dude, you could have just peed on it and then put dirt on it, and you would have had the... <laughs> just rubbed it in. Yeah, it would have been like my pants. <laughs> Did you ever sell stuff like that as a kid? No, no. I mean, I remember getting like school fundraisers and usually it was like my grandparents would buy something. I don't, I don't recall really going door to door. Maybe I did, but I remember doing it for my daughters for Girl Scouts. Like she didn't sell crap. I took it to work and I was like, this was Mm kind of bull. Like, why am I doing, you know? And then it was like pulling teeth to get her to go do it, you know? And then it took forever and then she cold and this and that. And, so I would take it to work and sell it like your dad had to. And I was like, right. because, you know, because it was like my wife works from home. So I would go. But I was like, you know, I have so many people in my department. But, you know, and then you would have these other girls that like their dad would take them to the office and mom would take them off. And they'd sell millions of boxes. And there's my daughter with, you know, 50. I uh, uh, right when we started taking Mason to daycare, he had been there for just a few months and they're like, Hey, we're having our first fundraiser. And I was like, my kid's three months old. He's not selling anything. And they're like, no, you are. Yeah. And it was, uh, you were selling these, uh, it was, uh, packages like theater size packages of peanut M&Ms and regular M&Ms. And they were $2. And I was so pissed because the daycare was so expensive. I was like, I'm already doing my part. And when we went up there, they were like, okay. And I forgot how many packs or whatever, but they were like, okay, it's a hundred dollars. And I was like, hundred dollars, you know? And so you paid up front and I was like, now how do I bring the money? And they were like, no, you're basically, you got to sell them to make your money back. Like I had already given the money. (laughs) So now I was just making my money back, you know? So yeah, you know, we had the same situation. Um, It was my kid's preschool. And again, you know, you're paying for it. And then, you know, they're like, yeah, you got a fundraiser. And okay, they're in preschool. <laughs> so I got to sell right. it, you know. But at the time at work, a lot of guys were my age or a little bit older. So I was already buying stuff. You know, everyone kind of did it. You brought the can- the box of candy bars in, you know, and they were a buck, right? Well, this box, they were two bucks a piece. And I, I thought, 
I cannot put this box down. Every guy brings in a bo- the box with the candy bars in it. You get the almond and the Rice Krispie and the caramel and all that kind of stuff, right? And they're a buck, right? Is that what they're going for in Oklahoma back then? You oh, yeah. A buck a yeah. This one was World's two- finest chocolate bar yeah, or whatever. This yeah. one, these were two bucks a box, and I thought, She's running a racket because she was kind of dirty, we found out later on, with some stuff. <laughs> and I think she was trying to, to, to but I took them. But, um, and it, because it didn't say it on the box, it said somewhere on the envelope or whatever. So I ended up selling them for a buck a piece and putting in the other buck because I was embarrassed. Like, I was like, there's no way I'm going right. to tell guys at work these are two bucks a candy bar when everybody else, bring, like, we, we basically are all just buying them from each other all the time and i'm gonna be the one with two dollar candy bars no way i was so 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 mad i had a famous story at work that i blew up at a lady one time and she had she was always bringing stuff for her kid and it was like (laughs) buy popcorn buy jerky buy the and i yelled at her one day and i was like i'm sick of paying for stuff for your kid and all this stuff and i mean i blew up at her uh and she said just wait and, uh, you know, 10 years later, I had two kids and I'm like sheepishly going into the office with the thing like, you want to buy, you know, Did blue you... And gold sausage or whatever. And I gave that lady an apology. I was like, I had no idea that they <laughs> did this to us that much, you know. So I did feel bad about blowing up at that lady. You know, it, but, well, yeah. the thing is, too, and then and then we'll move on is, you know, the candy bars are one thing, you know, um, and sometimes you will eat a candy bar. Well. Exactly. That's my thing. Exactly. You know, right. and Girl Scout cookies. Everyone knows Girl Scout cookies. Even those, though, now they're like, you know, it's like the last couple of years I would sell them at work. It's like every year it was a dollar more, a dollar more. But mm-hmm. it, the, the ones I didn't like is when you'd get them and they would be like weird things, like little tchotchkes and this and that. The, and, I, and my wife right. and I were like, we're not doing these. Like, no. I'm not going to push I'd these just on say, the just family. Tell me, I'll just give you 20 bucks. You do whatever. That's exactly what we would do. Yep. And the guys that would so, come to work with the stupid stuff like that, I'd be like, dude, candy bars and stuff I'll buy, but these, nope. Right. You know what's even worse? I don't know if we could talk about this. When people come in and they're like, hey, I want you to sponsor my kid for how long he can jump rope or something. And then I don't have any basis of comparison. I'm like, well, I can jump rope like six times before it wraps around my leg and I fall. But I mean, I think a 10-year-old could probably jump rope for two weeks straight, so... You know, then they're like, well, how many times, how much you want to get? I'm like, I'll give $5 for every time they jump. And they're like, it's going to be like $13 million. Don't do that. You know? Yeah. Fundraisers. I don't want to do that. I don't want to guess some formula. Fundraisers are, you know, they tend right. to be a pain Just, in the ass. You know what I'd like to buy? A big log of cheese. <laughs> I'd <would> love that. it <laughs> would be great. So while, uh, uh, our, uh, the Doyle kid here is, uh, I don't know I'm trying to get a Nintendo uh, or coming up with his plans. His daughter has also, or his uh, sister has mentioned that what she wants is a cabbage patch doll. And so this leads to the scene where the Doyle family is going to get in the car. The uh, uh, it looks a lot like the car from vacation. Now that I think about it and uh, they're going to go to the mall. So they go to downtown Chicago. And uh, the first thing they do is, is uh, the sister Lizzie, She's like, oh, I want to go to the toy store and see the Cabbage Patch dolls. And she runs there, and the whole uh, aisle is just wiped out. There's just a janitor, and he's like, they were all gone in five minutes. You know, he tells it's like a war story. And she cries. She does the worst fake acting cry. Uh, (laughs) She's like, kind of covers her face, and is like, "Ah, it's really bad. Um, 
but the parents are like, okay, we're going to go do stuff. Jake, watch your sister. And then he sees the Nintendo display. And so he gets lost in the zone. Uh, and so there's a whole scene where the Nintendo is talking to him and, oh, come on, Jake, come play the Nintendo, you know? Uh, yeah, because he's supposed I, to be watching the sister and he's like, don't worry about her. Right. It's like, so like just stay with me. Um, I don't really remember Nintendo displays. I mean, vaguely I do. I remember Atari displays big time. I remember going to Walmart. I remember going to, um, there was a grocery store near me that had an electronic section that had records and stuff. And they had an Atari, like you would go up there and you could press a, you know, button and play Pac-Man or combat or whatever. And, and, uh, uh, try to get some kid to play with you. So, uh, of course this goes wrong because he's so focused on the Nintendo he does lose track of his sister who has gone outside to start asking the uh, uh, bell ringing Santa questions about Cabbage Patch dolls. Um, and so in the, the family scramble to find the sister, he loses his retainer. And so he has to run back in the mall as his dad's chasing him and get his retainer, which, of course, he finds on the ground. Oh, it's all gross. Disgusting. And he sticks it in his mouth. Right. So um, anything about the mall scene pop out to you? Um. No, I, I I mean, I just I couldn't get over like the dad, like being so rude to like the, the, the elves and stuff. Like, I don't like, like and it was weird. Like, you know, to I, me, it felt a little over the of top the movie. Yeah. The, the dad is not like a Christmas story where he grumbles and gruffs, but he's a nice guy. The dad in this is like mean. Well, he's yeah, he he's he's grumbly and uh, irritated, but not with the daughter. You know, it, there was right. a, there was a definite, and I guess there would be a difference in the Christmas story. Is like even Randy, they they would get annoyed. The parents got annoyed with Randy and his whining. Right? You know, open his mouth and I'll shove it in. You know that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, but he kind of jokes when he's done that. Like this dad, I don't think he's joking. Right. I think he would shove it in. You know. I think it's for the. Um, I think it's for the payoff though. At the end. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's building towards something. So, um, so. Next is we go to a scene where it's later that night and the dad is out with the kid uh, and he says, hey, I want you to go with me. We're going to meet a guy. And they end up going to this alley and they meet uh, David Cross, who in the credits is only billed as the dealer. And this guy, he meets him. He immediately accuses him of uh, like, are you a cop? And then he does the thing that's in every movie and that we all heard on the playground. Like, if you're a cop, you got to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I remember kids at school saying that. Oh, I, I still hear that, you yeah. know. And uh, and then he accuses the kid of being a cop, and he's like, I would my ten year old be a cop, you know? Um, and I, I don't so... think that works for like all those guys that picked up hookers <laughs> and probably said like, are you a cop? And it's like. Oh, damn, damn, it. You're a cop. damn it. I, yes, I am. Uh, busted. We're busted. Let's go fellas. Yeah. <laughs> no crime here. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, he pops the trunk and he has a trunk load of cabbage patch dolls. Now his sister has asked for a very specific cabbage patch doll. She wants one with red hair and freckles. Uh, and he says, well, I've got a blonde one with freckles or a red haired one with no freckles. So what do you want? You know? And so they, they end up going with the freckles. Freckle the it up. Freckles. Yeah. Um, and, and Jake, I like this, that he's like basically um, the dad is using him as like a uh, uh, a detector. You know, he's like, hey, 
are these the real thing? Like you're supposed to be able to tell whether or not they're counterfeit or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it reminds, and, the, and the dad is, Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, it, it, this reminds me of like, uh, you know, I, I remember <laughs> going to my dad's house and it wasn't a toy, but he'd be like, Oh, you want to watch HBO? I'm like, Oh, you got HBO days. Like do it. That box guy at work. Had <laughs> <laughs> some in the car. Oh, that's no questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You watch it or don't, boy. Yeah, I had a, I had a bunch of paper or pay channels. I talked to a guy at work one time, and he was like, he came over. He was like, I could stop by, I could do it, you know. And he came over, and I was like, yeah, it's got a lock on it for the cable company. And he was like, yeah. And then he pulled out a key that fit only that box and opened it. And I was like, geez, this guy's big time, you know. And when I moved, I was so terrified because whatever he put in there was still in there. I forgot about it. And then I was like, God, the cable company is going to come arrest me because I left whatever's in the cable box <laughs> and get free HBO or whatever. But uh, so they they get the cabbage patch. And of course, you know, the kid is like, Jake is like, well, why are we doing all this for the sister? You know, and the dad's like, well, because your sister whines more than you do. I mean, this is basically the only yeah. excuse we're getting, which doesn't really seem like it would play out. Like my parents... Uh, for Christmas, we're always like, they would spend like to the dollar the exact same amount as on me and as, as on my sister. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like for Christmas, they were like, oh, if you got this, they're getting that, you know? So it's kind of weird that they're so much on the daughter and then not on him. And she's a snot <laughs> to her she brother. She is a snot. She's a little turd. You know, yeah. the, the difference, uh, one of the differences between the movies, right, is like in a Christmas story, you know, Ralph, he wants the, the BB gun and mom from the get gecko she's like no you'll you'll shoot try it no you know like it's not even a thought but you know the more reality of it is with him like he asks his mom and she's like yeah yeah, yeah. and then the daddy's like oh yeah, yeah yeah but then it gets turned around to like no and as a kid that is crushing because i can remember that as a kid asking mm-hmm. your mom about something you know and they're like yeah yeah okay but you know we we're guilty of doing it i'm sure where you you agree to something cuz you're not really familiar with what's going on or whatever you think it's something mm-hmm. and then you're like then the more you think about it or find out more about the information like um no you're not going camping with a couple of other 7th graders with nobody else you know what i mean like you think about <laughs> right. it you know what i mean and you but at first and then they're like well, you said i could so i felt bad for him yeah yeah because uh he thought he was uh, in the clear at the very beginning and then yeah. it all kind of crumbles so but uh, Jake's big hope now is the Boy Scout wreath selling thing. He's been selling wreaths. Uh, his sister comes up with a plan where they could go to an old folks' home to sell wreaths there, and that works out for him. And and uh, of course, the the kid who always lies is like, I've sold a hundred wreaths, you know. So they don't really know what's going to happen. But they go to the ceremony, they do the big wreath thing, uh, and then they do third place, uh, and and the. Uh, pathological liar kid actually wins third place and he gets a subscription to boy's life which i thought was really funny uh-huh. <laughs> I, I had boy's life when i was a kid i was at cub scouts for like 60 days and uh, somehow i got a year subscription so uh-huh. i had it come for a long time uh and then second place in the wreath contest is the twins who combine their votes or their their wreaths so um they but they only get second place and they win a globe and the uh, uh, Cub Scout master gives him the globe and the kid turns around and drops it in a trash can, which I thought uh, is very funny for a movie. 
I don't think you you would never do that in real life, you know. I mean, you would be like, "Thank you," you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, you know what? To 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 reference uh, our last no, I'm sorry. Next episode, um, we talked about maps and how I like maps and everything, and I love globes. I love globes, <laughs> especially the globe. So you would have rather had the globe yes. over the Nintendo. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but over what he got, yes. Um, but I yeah. love the globes that are like oh. textured. With elevation oh, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff, it feel but, like the little mountain range. Yeah, like yeah, I, I would love to have a, a globe in my studio here, but I really don't have anywhere I could put it. But I, I, I love globes. Gotta hang it from the ceiling. And then when he threw, it, yeah, when it, when they threw it out, I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? It's a globe. <laughs> so then uh, Jake finds out he's first place, and he's it's like. Um, you know what it reminded me of? I was like, but well, then call your name on the price is right. I mean, he was like, yes. And he's and everybody's screaming and he goes down there and there's a box and the box is even bigger than the Nintendo. They're like, they must've thrown in all the games too or something. And they pull back the sheet and it is a set of encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he says something like, it's like winning more school. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny line. Um, and, uh, so I was confused the first time I watched this. I didn't ca- I mean, I guess I missed part of it. I was like, why didn't they get the Nintendo? Why didn't they get the prizes that they were promised? You know, but the reason is because of the rich kid, Timmy's parents uh, and the dad, because the TV fell and it hit the, the dog, landed on the dog. They've now started this campaign in the town that video games are dangerous and so he apparently lobbied and got the prizes changed. That all seems pretty unlikely in real life to have happened, but it's it's fine for the story uh, to move stuff along. But now we are back to square zero at this point uh, for for uh, Jake to get a Nintendo. Right, and but I think it actually I think it, I like that because it does play into the eighties where you would have these parent parental groups that would you know be against certain things. You know what I'm saying? And so, because that was the reason oh, yeah. why his mother was like, no. Over in Japan, I heard that there's a kid who, you know, whatever the reasoning was, right? Um, and that video games are bad. So it reminds me of the things in the 80s where parents would be against, like. It, it did. It did. I had two separate tape containers. I had the one that had my Ozzy Osbourne and Motley Crue tapes in. And then I had my regular one that had. You know uh the chipmunks christmas and all, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff in yeah. there you know so uh yeah so the you know and the parents would be like i heard these kids those two kids killed themselves after listening to this album backwards do you have that tape and you're like shuffling stuff around uh no no and she pushed that tape into the back you know <laughs> um so now jake is like a, like we're screwed we're not getting a nintendo and they're gonna have to come up with their own plan and so they come up with this big whole plan uh, this kind of reminded me of like a home alone kind of thing. Like they even have a map drawn out They and they, they basically the kids classes going on a field trip downtown to the art museum. Uh, so right off the bat, they have to get walkie talkies and it seems like every movie about the eighties has walkie talkies. You said you had walkie talkies. I had a pair of walkie talkies, but I never used walkie talkies to the extent that they're always used in these movies. Like I remember not being able to pick up somebody on the other side of my house, yeah. but somehow these walkie talkies always work like cell phones in these movies. And it was in stranger things. I mean, it's in every kind of 
throwback movie like this. You know, they're, yeah, they you're always going to have walkie talkies. Yeah, My, mine sucked. And mine were GI Joe. They were camouflage GI Joe stamped. I remember uh, walkie talkies. Yeah. And uh, I think I broke the antennas like within two days because it was cool. They'll like pull the antenna out and then do that thing where you take your palm, your hand and like shove them in until <laughs> right. until you shove yep. it in on an angle. <laughs> and then boy, like, I mean, I, <laughs> yep. I think our, I think our uh, boom box was the same way. Like it didn't have an antenna. Oh yeah. It always had that little crease in it. And then yeah. you wiggle it back and forth until it yeah. broke well, off. And know? the other thing was it took nine volt batteries. So it was like, once you, you know, mom bought a pair of nine volt batteries to go with it. But you know, now you can go to the dollar store to get, you know, a two pack of nine volts or whatever. But it seemed like, you know, batteries were like this precious gold when we were kids. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I got a, a pair of like, they were like supposed to be like NASA, like space walkie talkies. And they lasted until the battery, the original battery died. And then I don't think I ever got to use them again. Yeah. Like you had to beg. You're like, please. Just need some I have batteries. a nine volt battery. Yeah. And then your mom would give it to you. Like stick your tongue on this one. See if it's still good. Yeah. I used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> So they get their walkie-talkies. They, um, the twins bond together. The twins are expert baseball card. Uh, they have, they're like baseball card experts. And so they sell their cards. They, they raise all this money. Uh, and then they've got one kid. And part of his plan is that they know that if they give him, uh, was it SpaghettiOs? Uh, he will basically vomit. Yeah. So, uh, so their whole plan is to, to get on the bus on the field trip, wait until they're in front of the mall, make this kid throw up, and then Jake can take the money, which he has hidden in his trapper keeper, go into the mall. They've they've timed it. They have exactly nine minutes. Uh, he can get in there, buy the Nintendo, get back out, and it's all going to work. Uh, so basically the first part of the plan unfolds. The kid eats the SpaghettiOs. It's very comical. He's doing like like projectile vomiting all over the place. Um, they stopped the bus. Now there is a whole thing where the bully, um, the bully steals the trapper keeper full of money, which, you know, it has a possibility of thwarting the whole plan and they can't figure out how to get it back. And, uh, Jake eventually goes and stands up to the bully and he's like, you're just a bully and blah, blah, blah. And I'm taking the money back. And then the bully's like, Oh, okay. Like he's shocked. And, and he takes the money and, um, again, that's, that's great for a movie. Like I tried that a couple of times and I came home with a bloody nose. Mm -hmm. Um, like my dad would say, you know, bullies just stand up to him. And I was like, I stood up to him. Then he kicked me in the ding ding and then I couldn't stand. I laid there and then he kicked me over and over. Then he rubbed dirt in all my blood wounds. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that it works in the movie, but, uh, it just seemed like it was kind of, uh, uh, convenient. So you got anything up until that point? Um, no, no. Other than okay. the, the, other than the vomiting was very standby me ish. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You know, I was that's thinking Goonies contest. just because when he's telling the story about when it, you know, when Chunk's telling the story where he made everybody throw up and that, yeah. that's what I was thinking. But yeah, standby me is better because it, it even looks like it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the way it spewed yeah. out. You're absolutely right. So, um, Jake gets the money. He runs into the mall. Uh, and then all of a sudden he comes basically face to face with his mother, who is a group of all these mothers who are protesting. They're shouting uh, video. What is it? Uh, I can't remember what they're chanting. But video it... games. Video game over. I think it's what it is. So they're shouting. Yeah. And um, 
the kid that fibs all the time, he goes to a, they're talking on the, uh, oh, I got to say that he, um, they come up with their own code names on the walkie talkie. And what is he? Uh, Millennium, Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Super cool. Yeah. 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 Which, um, again, I got to think like, I'm thinking too hard about this. So I've got to get over it. But I mean, if this is the late eighties and return of the Jedi is 1983, I mean, so, that's a pretty old reference for these kids, but you know, uh, no, I, I, I get right. you with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I let it go. Um, what do, but, we, uh, do, do we know what age they're supposed to be? Well, it's interesting you ask that because, uh, and the IMDB, it says a 10 year old kid. Uh, so it specifically says 10 years old, but part of the, I mean, I think at one point they say that they're 11 and then the book at one point they say that they're nine. So right in that age, let's say, let's say 10 years old. All right. Um, so he goes into the mall, they create the diversion. He does buy the Nintendo. Uh, he's watching the clock. It's very mission impossible. He's got to make it out on time. He comes out. He's on, I mean, he's in the clear, there's the bus and he slips on the patch of ice that he slipped on later in life that we saw at the beginning of the film, yeah. the exact same piece of ice. He falls down. Nintendo goes flying. He's got it in a duffel bag. It goes flying into the street. It gets run over and smushed by the school bus. And then it explodes, which I did not have a problem with. I thought that's funny movie kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Because you, now you, it's, cause you figure he's going to probably get one for Christmas anyway. Right. We're following the Christmas story, uh, you know, plot line. So it's going right. Like, like all his plans to do it. And this is the last plan they had that they could do themselves. I mean, the only person left is, you know, Santa. Christmas morning. Like they pulled their money. They did. This was their one shot and it, and it doesn't go over, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so now not only uh, has he lost the Nintendo, but the bus has left him in downtown Chicago and the dealer guy who sold his dad the Cabbage Patch doll sees him, and he comes over. And I thought this was kind of a nice moment. He kind of explains the spirit of Christmas to Jake. Um, he tells a funny story where he says, you know, when I was a kid, all I wanted was a donkey. And I wanted and wanted and wanted. And then you know what happened on Christmas morning? And the kid goes, you got a donkey? He goes, no, who would buy a kid a donkey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's, it was just a funny uh, David Cross kind of delivery, you know. But, you know, he, and he tells the kid, he's like, I bet you haven't even said Merry Christmas to anybody. Which um, I could see that as 10 years old because when I was 10, I couldn't give a crap about any of the gifts that I gave. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was just like, all I want is Star Wars stuff and, you know, computer stuff. That was it, right? It's better so, to give yeah, than I, to receive. Bull crap when you're a kid. Yeah, not when you're 10. Yeah, when you, you become know? an adult and you have kids, then it's better. You like giving because you like to see the joy. But yeah, when you're a kid, man, you don't like, no. okay, this is for grandma. Sign, sign, the, sign the tag. Right, sign the card. You want me to sign the card for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then grandma opens it and she's like, oh my God, did you pick this out? And you just kind of look at your mom and you're like, yeah. <laughs> right. Or, uh, you know, your kids, like your your wife opens a gift and then the kids are like, what did I get mom? <laughs> and you're like, I yeah. don't know, that one, I guess. So um, he, he, he pays money for a cab to get the kid back onto the tour, you know, over to the museum, which I thought was a nice touch, you know. Um, he's kind of got the spirit of Christmas. Didn't Jake, um, did Jake, so, did Jake ask him about the Nintendo and, or am I thinking this in my head where, 
where then um, the dealer is like, I'm not giving you a Nintendo. Or am I thinking? Right, yeah. Okay. It, I couldn't remember. He says, I, well, you got that Nintendo in your trunk. And he goes, you're not getting that. You yeah, know? okay. I, I love that. That was that was good. Yeah. But I was like, was that good? Because I thought That's, it would be funny. It did kind of or... feel like that could happen because it's a Christmas story, you know? Right. Like, like you just know he's getting a Nintendo because at the beginning of the movie, we see him playing Nintendo. So right. you know he's getting it. We just don't know how he's going to get it yet, right? So you mentioned this at the top of the show. I'm throwing in a final warning right now. Uh, this We're going to spoil the end of this movie. So if you haven't watched it, go get sign up for HBO Max. Go watch it. If you don't care how this ends or whatever, I mean, it's a good Christmas movie. And you'll still enjoy it even if you know how it ends. But, uh, um, but spoiler warning for the ending. Here we go. Uh, the next major scene is Christmas morning in the Doyle household. Uh, the family has got a video recorder, and very specifically, we can see the date. The mom says the date. It's Christmas morning, 1988, which means they've gone back in time a year to before the power glove was invented. Okay, <laughs> last time I mentioned it, I swear. Okay. Um, but right off the bat, did you guys ever videotape your Christmases? Did you record Christmases like this? Nope, didn't have anything. Ever? To do it, no. I mean, I, I, I mean, we did with my kids, but as a child, right, right. no, I have no, just Polaroids. We we got a black and white camera, VHS camera, starting in 1978. And so I have every Christmas from 78 to 85 recorded. And it's worth a, a mountain of 9-volt batteries to me. I mean, it is just... Being able to go and watch it and be like, oh, that's when my sister got this thing. That's when I got this thing. I mean, coming out Christmas morning, and I'm, I mean, it's, you know, five year old Robbie O'Hara, and I'm like, Bobby, that's the X Wing fighter. That's the one. I have this Southern draw. I'm like, that's what Luke Skywalker used to fly when he went to the Death Star, <laughs> Mama. <laughs> I mean, it's, I wouldn't trade anything for it. Well, like, I, I'm almost going to tear up thinking about it. They're they're so valuable to me. Oh, don't, because that'd be uncomfortable for me. But uh, <laughs> I can appreciate the sense of it. Um, my question is, when you watch those videos, do you uh, turn back into Robbie at five years, six years, eight years old, and fast forward to when your sister opens a gift going, I really could care less. I want to see when I opened up gifts. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah I, I would do the same thing. I'm like, I don't care what the hell my brother got for Christmas. Although now I'm so nostalgic. Like, she'll get, you know, like she got this, um, I think it's a Fisher Price anteater, and you would roll it around and it would go boing, 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 yeah. boing. And then you squeeze the end and the tongue came out, and it was like a little Velcro ant, and it would get it. And I've watched that scene over and over. I was like, first of all, I'm sure my parents hid that thing after 48 hours because mm -hmm. it is just loud and obnoxious, you know, but, um, yeah, for the most part, it's you know, it's about me. It's yeah. all about me. Well, let me okay, let me just sidetrack and we'll make this quick. But I think I've mentioned like my brother is not nostalgic for anything, and I'm obviously from my childhood. Like I would, uh, I would so love to be able to have access to that when I was a child. Like uh, I would love it. Um, is your sister? Is she like you, or does she like? Is she like yeah? Whatever. She's nostalgic, but in different ways. Um, like she bought a house on the same street as my dad so that she could live in the same neighborhood that we grew up in. Okay. I can so understand that. That's her nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I like going to my dad's house, but I don't want to live in that neighborhood necessarily, you know? So that's, so she has different kinds of nostalgia, um, mm -hmm. than I do, but we both have it. 
you yeah, know. Yeah, see, my brother um, just doesn't die, does not care. Like I have, yeah. I have some trains on my shelves behind me in my studio. Uh, my brother had a big train set, and uh, he had bought this like table from someone that built one, and then it wasn't finished, and so he was adding to it, and then it never got finished. But like, I remember when he had the track set up, the trains, and playing with them, and like, I have the tr- couple like the engines up here. And he could care less, but it reminds me of when him and I were young and got along Mm -hmm. because, you know, we were two boys growing up together, three and a half years apart. We fought a lot, but Mm -hmm. I do remember the times where we had a lot of fun. So those to me is like, I'm not a huge train guy, although I love hearing trains in the distance, but it reminds me of of that. So he could care less. Like, but I, I'm like with your sister, like I tell my wife, like if my childhood home ever goes up for sale. And I'll know because I drive that route sometimes just to go by the house. Like, I want to go to an open house. And if they don't have an open house, I want to call Gary, who's my realtor that bought the last three houses for me and say, yeah, I want to look at a house. And I'll totally yeah. waste his time because he won't know that I'm not planning on buying it, but I want to go through it. Go tell him. Yeah, just go. I'm very fortunate that my dad lives in our childhood house. So That's when awesome. I go over there, it's like his, his computer desk and stuff is in my old bedroom. So when I go in there, I just look around. I'm like, oh, hey, I remember. See, and now swear. my mom lives in the house like after my parents were divorced and my mom had our house still. And then she met someone, they remarried, and obviously she sold that house, right? So the house that I went to school in, uh, what we moved into, I think we moved in there in like 87 or 88. And my mom's still there and not one damn thing in there. Like, do I go, oh, this is my bedroom? I just go, man, this is my bedroom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, really? I, I don't care. Like, there's no, I mean, I remember things growing up, but it's it's my childhood home. But we, you and I have talked personally. I mean, maybe someday we'll do some sort of bonus nostalgia episode on just like personal things. But like, even when I go in that neighborhood, I get kind of like, I don't know. I get this feeling of like, I don't know. It's weird. Let's move on get back to the movie. Yeah. Nobody no, I, I get that. it a hundred percent, you know? And, uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I, my sister has said that when my dad passes away someday, she wants to buy the house and she wants her kid to move into the house. So, um, yeah, she's more about like places and things like that. I think that I am, I'm more about the stuff. Yeah. So at this point, the movie is really uh, hitting all the same plot points as Christmas story, you know? Is he going to get the Red Rider BB gun? The parents are against him. He sets up. He's not getting it. Santa doesn't want him to get it. Nobody wants him to get it. And they're opening presents, and he's bummed out, and it's just like Ralphie who's bummed out, you know. And then at the very end, there's one box, and it's the size of a Nintendo box. And they're like, I don't, I don't know where that box came from think it came from your uncle who lives in japan and he's like japan yeah (laughs) home of nintendo (laughs) right and he pulls this box out and he starts opening it up and it's a japanese light bright Mm -hmm. i gotta tell you i was fooled i did not see that coming definitely you thought oh it's the cool uncle man it's the cool uncle that knows it's the cool uncle that, that went against the parents wishes you know and and then the parents were going to be like the Red Rider BB gun, like, oh, don't turn your brains to mush, you know, that sort of thing. But, it, um, but as I mean, we keep saying, or I keep saying it, like Christmas Story, it's like, it's it's the uh, pink bunny suit. Yeah, yes. So, um, well, I thought the pink bunny suit was the uh, uh, purple boots. 
Oh, well, no. <laughs> see, I looked at it because, like, the aunt sent the pink uh, bunny, okay. bunny yeah, suit. And uncle sent this. and So he's got it, this library, and then he's just, like, he's totally bummed out and all this stuff. And, and now all of a sudden it's the worst Christmas ever. And, and, um, and, and there's been this ongoing thing where the dog keeps um, pooping in the backyard and, and the dad's telling him to pick up the poop, you know, and they're going to go on a road trip now. They're going to go to uh, Minneapolis or Minnesota to go see family. And the dad's like, you got to go in the backyard to do this one last time. And, and he goes in the backyard and he's like, you haven't been around the backside of the, the building. And he goes back there and then he sees this giant tree house. And it's all lit up. And the dad has basically spent all this time building the treehouse for the kid for Christmas. And they climb into the treehouse together. And uh, Jake basically says, you know, he realizes he's going to have so much more fun, so many better adventures in a treehouse than uh, playing Nintendo, you know? And so it kind of ends on this note where. Uh, and there is a moment where he, he calls all his friends Christmas mornings and they're like, yeah, we didn't get a Nintendo either. Like nobody got a Nintendo. And, um, so into that part, he basically said, this is right before we flash forward to the future to the end. He just kind of says, I'm going to like having a four more than I'm going to like having a Nintendo. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this? I, I would have loved the, the fort more. I always wanted some sort of tree house or we were always building like forts in the back of the house and with blankets or, you know, yeah, totally would have loved that. It's funny though, because my son watched this with us, both my sons did and my older one, because he's been in the studio when I've been building and working and everybody goes, he's like, dad, that's going to be kind of cool, right? Doesn't he need to insulate that? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're learning. Yeah, he does, but it would still be awesome. It still would be awesome. Uh, you know, I mean, the fort could have had a Nintendo in it. And then everybody could win. <laughs> That's what I was. I was like, that'd be great. Yeah. Like that, that ending. So then we flash forward back to the future. We come back to the future, and uh, the treehouse. First of all, the, the treehouse is still there, which I found a little bit uh, odd that the treehouse has survived forty years. But you know, it's it's all right. Yeah. And um, and so then they. He cut to his daughter and she's like, so you didn't get a Nintendo for Christmas? And then he goes, oh, I had to get a job. Got a job and I bought it the next summer. And I, uh, what does he say? Delivered papers I or whatever so, yeah. he says. Uh, he's like, yeah, I never got a Nintendo. And it's a really weird twist. And then they go down to, uh, to uh, meet for Christmas dinner and they all sit around. And then you notice that one of the plates, there's nobody sitting there. And then they're like, Oh yeah, your dad would have liked this or whatever. And now you realize that the dad is dead. Yeah. By the way, I said spoilers coming. I I struggled with this. I, I mean, this was so let's say I started off ten out of ten out of this movie. I took two points off for all the weird timeline stuff. And then I took two points off for this. I don't feel like the movie is better in any way that the dad is dead. I feel like this is a cheap shot, like a, a whole movie like oh we got to get you know a tear out of somebody at the very end we're going to make this emotional thing but there's nothing that sets up to the dad being sick or anything like that like i just don't see how it makes it a better movie i think i mean wouldn't it have been a better movie if the guy and the dad go out and check out the fort and he's like you know 
I don't. I don't think about Nintendo's when I, I don't think about you when I see a Nintendo, but I think about you when I see this four, I mean, just, you know, it's very weird. And I'm going to talk more about it in a second, but what do you think about the ending of this movie? Well, I was the one that was hit by the lifetime movie moment. Uh, oh, I was hit by it. But, I just didn't think it was fair. Yeah. And, 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 and if, if, if what you just described was to play out, I would have had the same reaction that way too. Whenever there is a movie that has some sort of, uh, something with the, with the father in a situation, whether they die or like, I, I, I get, it hits me, man. I don't know if it's because I'm a father or I think about my father. I don't know what it is, but sure. it always just tears me up. And I, so it was my wife, myself, and my two sons watching it. Now my wife, I mean, she cries at every commercial now and she'll admit it. She's like, I'm getting older now. I cry. <laughs> like, like there's certain commercials. I can just kind of do that little sneaky look over. I don't blatantly look and I'm like, yeah, she's been crying on this one. And sure enough, she's like all red and welty. And so she was quiet crying with this. And my boys were there and I was just like, I can't do, just hold it back. Hold it right. back. You can't do right. this. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, yeah, it inside of your cheek, you're like, yeah, it definitely, it definitely hit me. So I immediately after watching this, I went and um, uh, got the ebook version of this because I had a feeling that there were some things in this movie that they changed to make it a Hollywood movie. And I was right. The book is, I don't want to say very different, but it's pretty different than the movie that we saw um one of the biggest things is there's no beginning or ending sequences in the book so the stuff where he starts off where he's like with the daughter and the phone and the stuff at the end where the father has passed away that's not in the book the book is literally it starts off he says when i was 10 years old I wanted a Nintendo. That's like the first line of the book. So is Um, the book is the book telling the story to us or is he still telling it to his daughter? Like, is he telling there's no daughter? Okay, so he's telling it to us, not to us through her, but like the movie is. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like the middle part of the movie that's all the flashback, that's the book. So there is no present day stuff in the book at all. All right. Um all the every character's name is different in the book, except for Jake Lloyd. Uh, literally every other name and so in the book and and this is probably based on this guy's memories which is fine but everybody in the book is white they all have polish last names which if they're on the west side of chicago that tracks you know i mean there's there's a lot of that um uh you know those like polish neighborhoods and stuff right there yeah um it's right by where my dad grew up so um and and the twins are actually twin boys uh so you know like i said all all the characters are are just a little bit different uh i think chapter three like one of the very first chapters is all the kids going to the local baseball card sports store and it's all about how they talk to the guy and how they buy cards and they do it you know they he likes to get the chewing gum and and the twin boys know everything about sports and all this. So, so there's a lot of little adventures like that, that take place in the book that are just, I guess, left out of the movie for streamlining purposes, you know, um, towards the end of the book, there's a whole chapter about how they go to Christmas mass on Christmas Eve. 
and he's a uh, Jake's an altar boy, and he goes up and he's lighting the candle, and he accidentally lights a wreath on fire, <laughs> and turns around and sets himself on fire, and then Lizzie starts yelling, his sister starts yelling, Jake, Jake, and he has to stop, drop, and roll, and put himself out on fire, and all this, and then. There's also a subplot that goes through the, uh, there's a, a teacher in the book. She's super attractive and he has this crush on the teacher. And so there's a lot of back and forth about him being in her class. That's a class where they're creating Christmas ornaments. So there's just a lot more in the book about, you know, the whole school experience. But let me tell you the big difference between the book and the movie. I mean, and I've already mentioned some big ones. The biggest difference is that in the book, they name drop things from the 80s in almost every paragraph. Like, there's just all these things where when he's laying uh, in bed on Christmas Eve trying to get to sleep, he says, I wish I would have had one of those wacky wall walkers to throw at the wall and watch it climb down. He's, he mentions his trapper keeper. He mentions, uh, I mean, just is every it, single thing. Is it too much? Uh, every single thing is, well, I mean, it's like ready player one. Like the book was where it was just constantly mentioning brand names that it's almost like, you know, when somebody's almost like bragging yeah. and they'll say, so I was in the mall and I went there in my brand new Porsche, you know, it's like, and it, it, instead of just saying, Oh, I went to the mall. And so it just comes off as like over nostalgic kind of thing. Like him trying to mention every single brand name that he can come up with. So, uh, I mean, you know, they talk about GI Joe figures. They talk about star Wars stuff. They talk about, I mean, there's just so much, in the book that it's almost uh overkill and and they don't really do that in the movie they do a little bit but it's a lot more a lot more in the book so uh you know the book kind of comes off as a guy who hasn't written a lot of novels and he hadn't written a lot of novels it's not terrible um it's just kind of a different story there's just so many different things i could mention a thousand things and it doesn't really matter um in in the wreath selling contest uh, he doesn't win. The twins actually win. Oh, and they're okay. the ones that get the encyclopedias. And when he's all upset uh, and he walks out and the twins are sitting out on the front porch ripping pages out of the encyclopedias and throwing them up into the <laughs> air. <laughs> so, uh, but just little things like that that don't really matter. I mean, it doesn't change the movie, but it's just, um, you get the feeling that the book was, his memories, like the way that, and sometimes your memories don't make a good story. Don't make it. And it's not, they don't make a good story. They don't make a good movie. They don't make a good narrative, you know? So you do have to mix things together. You do have to move events around. And, um, you know, sometimes the bully that you had when you were a kid, um, you know, his name was, you know, Joey. And that's not a good name for a bully. So then in the movie, you change it and the bully becomes, you know, Biff or something like, you know, just a, a, a harder sounding name, you know? So yeah, I, I'm glad that I read, I'm glad I was able to, uh, uh, you know, compare the two, but, uh, um, so I enjoyed it both in different ways, I would say, but, um, 
Now, I want to get back to something we talked about at the very beginning, which is on the movie poster. This is listed as, you know, this generation's Christmas story. And so um, I really wanted to ask you, A, will this replace a Christmas story for you? Which I'm pretty sure I know the answer to that. But number two, will this become an annual viewing? Is this something that's going to go into your normal christmas uh you know and you're gonna watch it every year or was this just kind of a one-time thing for you um i think no yes <laughs> it will not replace a christmas story uh but i th- i'll definitely watch it again next year i mean i might even watch it again I-, I enjoyed it i thought it was a fun movie so i think i think as of right now it'll be in the rotation i have a solid rotation right on my plex server um, will this be mixed into the playlist? Maybe, I don't know, but it'll definitely be in my Christmas uh, section of my Plex server. So yeah, it'll, it'll I, I think it'll be added to the collection for sure. How about you? I could see watching it, yeah, again, maybe, um, you know, in the future or something. Like I watched it back to back like two days in a row because I watched it and then the next day I mentioned it to my wife and she said, oh, I wanted to watch that. And so we just turned around and watched it again. So I, I've already seen it twice right now um and the second time my daughter watched it too so i'm not dying to watch it again right now but yeah i could see um revisiting it so well you know one of the cool things about uh, the dad in this movie is that he was of course he was angry it seemed like he was angry about uh christmas in general and so uh you know you mentioned he didn't like the elves at the mall he didn't like some of the other stuff and he didn't like listening to christmas music uh he had his own tape that he listened to when um, he went downtown. He listened to his own own music. So mm-hmm. uh, w- with the, the tape that the dad had rolling, what do you got for us, Sean? What are, where can we find you? What's going on in your life right um, now? Well, you can find me uh, here, Throwback Reviews Podcast. But you can go to alldutchpods.com, and, uh, and it just has links to shows that I'm – currently uh, involved with it's the negative splits podcast uh, horrified chicken podcast with my wife will be coming back at some point hopefully soon we're talking to try to sit down and record something so um yeah you can find me there and then links to anything else instagram all that crap but uh, uh how about you buddy man same old same old for me you can always find uh, what's going on in my life at robohara.com and all my podcast stuff is at podcast robohara.com so any of the twitch streaming or podcast or uh, video stuff there's links to, to all that stuff from there so uh uh and uh i'm pretty active on twitter these days so come find me on twitter at commodore and uh see what's going on but uh man this music takes me back yeah i'll tell you what man like you know i thought you know the old man is kind of kind of mean about not letting the kids listen to christmas music but i guess if you're gonna you're gonna trumpet you gotta do a steely dan man i, I remember my father <laughs> my father loved steely dan listened to a lot of steely dan as a kid in the car and at home and to this day man so i was okay with it 